Hello and welcome back to the Pragyan podcast. I am Trishla your host for the episode wishing you all a very happy 2021. Joining me in the discussion today are Avinash and Pooton. Welcome boys, glad to have you all. Before moving ahead with the topic, I would like to thank our podcast series partner Hub Hopper and Headphone for the continued support. Check out their apps for some amazing audio content. Coming back to the topic at hand, that is sustainable development. If I were to say what I understand from these two words, basically I would say it's meeting your needs without compromising the needs of the upcoming generations. I mean, that is in the very layman terms. What do you guys think, Avinash? What do you think the exact definition of sustainable development would be? yeah um sustainable development uh, we know is a very highly regarded topic uh, probably the hottest topic in most fields um every international forum economic and otherwise have discussions about sustainable development as a priority and in 2015 un adopted a definition of sustainable development that could be paraphrased into this achieving inclusive economic progress with minimal environmental impact there's a lot to uncover in this but to put it simply inclusive meaning every human being without discrimination and economic progress is lifting them out or rising their economic status with as less environmental cost as possible yeah that that's like very well put don't you think so So yeah um as Trishla pointed out before about pros and cons i tend to think that there are only pros to sustainable development and not many significant cons and i would say to add to avinash's definition or to simplify it sustainable development is the development of our generation without compromising the ability of the future generations to develop and that is to say use the same resources utilize or, the same resources yeah, yeah, yeah right right exactly and also yeah that definition would be accurate but a more technical version would be what avinash said it is so you mentioned something about the 2015 uh, agreement by the un so uh, let's make it more clear to the audience we're talking about the paris treaty if i'm not wrong right um not only that actually the paris climate accord was more about limiting the co2 and greenhouse gas emissions it is combating climate change in particular but but sustainable development covers climate change as a part it's it's like a superset yeah i mean uh, sustainable development is a collection of things a variety of goals that are put together and climate change forms a small part of it it's not really the highlight yes, of I mean, sustainable uh, we do know about that uh, like we have seen so many posts and stuff recently about the sustainable development goals the 17 sdgs so they right. they range from like from food hunger to climate and everything so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's a pretty exhaustive list that they have and if achieved well it can do wonders the thing is the thing is achieving sustainable development is hard because in the short term we have a lot of negatives when transitioning to the technology the only way to get courage to do it 
is when we take the steps to do it and minimize the steps of the transition and the effects of the transition okay so if i were to like um, let's not delve into what we need to do right away let's uh, discuss about it a little more so what do you think is the major focus of this uh, concept of sustainable development apart from you know that we should uh, progress econo- economically without impacting the environment um i'd like to say a few things here according to me uh, the sustainable development goals i could really classify them into three broad categories the first one being basic amenities this this includes clean food um, access to clean water sanitation and i'd like to put in this quality education thing there it could really be any other thing but these the basic requirements right right, right. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah and then there's this economic parameters which include economic growth innovation employment sustainable communities uh, and cities responsible consumption and production so uh, these things i mean sustainable cities i would rather say that this is an end goal of end goal of this whole uh, process and then the third then comes the third factor which is the human and ecological concerns which is, which includes things like um responsibility for life below water life on land climate action partnership for goals gender equality reduced inequalities poverty stuff like that i mean poverty you could put it into this economic parameters and really a better substitute for no poverty is zero hunger because poverty is something that some you can technically uplift yourself from i think regarding poverty we could also contest it with purchasing power if if you don't have enough financial capacity to get you know food and water that you can consider as the poverty line i mean yes fujin it it yeah it it is relative of course but then there is like a lower boundary to it like he's saying uh, vanash is saying the purchasing power so if you cannot afford the basic amenities that means uh, you do need some you know extra reinforcement in your system so yeah i mean i I get what you're saying and I really get what Avanash is saying here about purchasing power but I guess the there's a bigger picture to it um let's consider the case of India for example um I'm not sure about the world but in India there are these free food networks right like temples or maybe NGOs and people who cannot afford basic things like food and water are able to sustain from these sources and i get that there are there are additional sources like electricity and a you know house to live but things like this can be easily overcome if you start working how many people uh, are out there you know just simply begging instead of going to work that 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 kind of bothers me and that that's why i say that zero hunger is a better metric than no poverty okay let's not delve deeper into this this particular thing uh, we can keep poverty for another episode for sure but yeah right now okay since pujan has already mentioned something about uh, india specific so 
uh, in recent times i think in the last 6 um, to 7 years we have seen a lot of uh, communities have sprung up those call themselves like eco friendly communities and sustainable communities one such example would be orwell in uh, pondicherry if you would have heard about it it's uh, it's like they have uh, what do you say refurbished the idea of living and they leave the simplest possible with the minimal possible things so uh, any like such initiatives like people are taking that means yes uh, some are aware but yeah there is still lot of awareness to be done actually okay. i i have visited that community in pondicherry yeah um, it, it seems quite nice on the outside but given that our society um, is technologically advanced compared to such communities especially that community which which has stripped down living to the barest minimum yes. needs yes we humans are social animals so if we want to remain in such communities unless most of us are willing to transition back to such communities it is not going to be a feasible approach to sustainably developing our economy that could be taken as a last resort to saving the environment i think i think what avinash is arriving at here is that sure the the community is very sustainable but is it is it developing that's the question right so minimalism minimalism and development not don't exactly go hand in hand so i yes, guess that you didn't that could get be me there so yeah it is it it is sure sustainable but yeah the development side of it maybe it's not that um you know open to it right now so yes uh, so some so that brings us to like what can we do i mean what are the laws there or what what are the parameters that we should talk about uh, so avinash what do you think yeah pujan yeah so um at some point in your discussion uh, before um uh, you made the point about sustainable communities in india practicing sustainable development but here there is an important thing that i'd like to highlight is that is manufacturing so india currently is in the manufacturing phase and there's lots of inherent problems with this phase the uh, earlier economies like currently developed countries have already gone through the phase and moved on to the services based um, economy and this helps them control their pollution but if india can somehow reduce this manufacturing phase term or completely skip it i think it will be very beneficial for the country but it it seems difficult as is so basically what we are trying to say here is that we do not have the means to uh like prosper as well and do that sustainably right now yeah so if you look through history uh, since the industrialization of the major advanced european economies uh, there has been an emission of huge amounts of uh, greenhouse gases that is the primal uh, contributor towards climate change today um the thing is those economies that had industrialized in the 18th century have now transitioned through the three different phases of um, you know economies basically you have the agrarian phase which is mainly agriculture and involves uh, unskilled labor primarily then you have the industrialization and manufacturing phase where mass manufacturing and uh, semi skilled and to some extent skilled labor is required 
to achieve uh, economic progress okay, yeah. and then we have the servicing phase of the economy or service economies service economies are unique in that they require only human capital to have progress you know uh, an example of a service economy is singapore singapore is a city it doesn't have much raw material as resource or anything of that sort but singapore is a financial hub and finances are basically a human capital thing right um so these advanced economies uh, they are trying to push sustainable causes on us developing nations trying to limit the greenhouse gases we emit um but they have already transitioned to service economies and they are an advanced economy as of now uh, so their greenhouse gases are emitted lesser than developing economies and that is true you know the india's argument holds up well in face of history Uh, but we also need to be concerned citizens of our world uh, we we don't really have the option of interplanetary travel right now and even if elon musk and best jeff bezos are working their best to get us off our planet uh, we still need to take care of our planet and so it is irresponsible for us to adopt such approaches right now and uh, one such approach i believe yeah. that will harm our cause towards the environment is transitioning to the manufacturing phase uh, manufacturing involves a lot of toxic processes uh, from ore extraction manufacturing packaging distribution each and every step of the way there's an immense in environmental impact and uh, that is bad what i suggest instead is india can transition directly to a service economy which gives us a higher uh, chance of limiting our environmental impact while still retaining a high chance a high success rate of uh, economic progress you know um, in, in india has shown that already in in the it sector it is basically services and india's it sector is blooming um, so that's my thing i want india to transition directly to the service economy by skipping the manufacturing phase yeah so um, i agree with avinash's view here and for the average joe out there i would like to explain this using an example so let's take the example of isro which uh, in the recent times have been launching satellites and rockets for various other organizations international organizations and companies so what's the uptake here right it's not exactly sustainable development since we are the ones manufacturing the rockets we are the ones doing all the hard work and the dirty work so how is it sustainable development so the take here is the efficiency and the indigenous technology right so what these other nations have done is develop their own technologies and they are selling those technologies to other countries developing countries and this makes them a service based um economy we could also do this and we are in the case of isro since we are developing our own technology we are slowly transitioning into a service based uh this thing economy we can start outsourcing the components for the rockets once we are efficient enough and talking about efficiency 
there's you must have heard about mangalyaan which was a tremendous success with uh, a cost of 7 rupees per kilometer which is insane considering the amount of technology and uh, innovation required so that was a massive success and taking this example would be um uh, a sort of a success story i would say and we should we should use this as a basis for others another example we can cite you know in the us um, you know, since 1980s there's been a significant uptick in the number of desktops and computer systems in the consumer market like you have the professional markets and consumer markets i am talking basically about the consumer market and uh, smartphones by contrast are a 2000s innovation you know popularized by internet and the digital revolution and all that now in india this step of the computer age was never achieved in fact for many people their smartphones were their first gadget i am bringing this up to say that india basically bypassed the computer age altogether and got the goodness of the smartphone era directly so probably we can do the same with the manufacturing phase as well so we yeah so what we are uh, like narrowing down to is that rather than investing into you know the manufacturing sector more and more invest that into uh, development of your indigenous uh, stuff and uh, our the sustainable stuff so yeah that is a valid point and if if yeah if india has done if india is capable of doing that in the past in somewhat relative uh, similar terms related terms then yes um, See, Trishla, Trishla, Trishla. Is, so, um, so I want to I want to take this by using an example. Um, see, comparing the ages, right? So the desktop age and the smartphone era in India is it's not exactly fair, you know, that India skipped the desktop age completely. Um, I would say this by using cars and computers. Yeah, so cars have not received as big an innovation as computers have there's this popular law called the moore's law which basically says that um, the number of transistors on a chip computer chip or an ic increases twofold every year and the cost is reduced by half so there's a lot of innovation there so yeah so india was able to tackle this uh, problem of the desktop era by skipping it because the time frame is very small whereas for the manufacturing uh, industries little things require lots of work and there is we are at an upper limit and there's not much yeah. to be done there yeah that's that's a pretty bad thing and it's it's affecting us yeah definitely we we are not able okay, to skip the manufacturing phase when when pujan says there's not much to be done there that brings me to the question what do you think should be done like as an individual like what can we like uh not a part of the government people not a part of any organization people individuals do i um yeah so the best thing one can do is to support right so though there are people who are taking action and if you are if you are going to if you are going to basically stand up to that and say no that's that's a bad thing right you should do your part for the environment and let every every small thing counts every small action counts and when you when the government takes up a project such as the clean ganga campaign 
um, people were people were ready to revolt, saying, "What's the necessity of this action? Why not focus on bigger and better things?" And but there were also cases when we were supported, like for example, the uh, this uh, Swatch Swatch India campaign, right? So yeah, the best thing you can do is to support the ones taking action. I think the fundamental point here is we need to have an attitude readjustment as a citizen of India. What are you going to give importance to in today's world? Are you going to give more importance to materialistic gain or will you be giving more importance to environmental causes? See, in, in these lockdown times only, we have seen that if government comes to getting something reinforced and followed by people, it can go to any extent to do that. And people do follow it, like the masses. I think the basic difference uh, between these two situations is that uh, the lockdown is combating a threat that is, uh, you know, physical and perceivable. While while sustainable development is combating a weird threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a long-term threat. So people... People expect a lot of things in the short term. There's no foresight in general. And so that is why all the policies the government has enacted are also short-term policies. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, basically it's a procrastination tendency like those which students have before exams. Going by the recent stats, India has has done, India has done like, uh, has achieved that uh, keeping the global warming the within the two degrees celsius range and stuff as discussed in the yes yes, yes. india so india is on pace to do that yes. but mm. um, there's this secondary goal which uh, each country sets on their own which was and, and india set the goal that is replacing 40 percent of their total energy consumption by uh, from the fossil fuels uh, to renewable sources or non-renewable sources to renewable sources and we're not on pace to do that. We'll need uh, approximately 450 watts of installed renewable power. And we're, we currently stand at 90 gigawatts developed in five years. So basic math, we're not going to meet 450 watts. But we sure can try and we are trying. And I feel like we, I mean, in this discussion, we have we haven't given much thought to renewables. I mean, sustainable energy, and we've only talked about sustainable development. I feel I people, you know, when talking about sustainable development, they'll usually talk about energy, and development gets ignored. So we chose the topic for this podcast as that. But yeah, those are two very different things. Yeah, it is. So... Yeah, 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 it is. It is. I mean, our, our society is a very energy-hungry society. The, the transition to uh, an, a completely electric society requires alternate energy sources for producing that electricity. Again, the production of electricity doesn't come from fossil fuels. Uh, that will contribute again to global warming. Uh, so it is a very important point. Uh, yeah, I mean, talking about global warming, there's this interesting fact, which I'm sure is overlooked, but around 20% of to- world's total carbon dioxide produced is from animal agriculture industry. 
that is the meat industry. So I guess turning, I mean, being vegetarian once in a while would save us a lot of, you know, trouble with global warming. Poojan, so are you like, are you here to propagate vegetarianism? I mean, is that what you're trying to do this with this podcast episode? Yeah, I mean, sure, you could say that. Um, I'm all for being vegetarian. <laughs> I mean, a reduction would definitely... Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying right stop, now, so stop eating yes. meat, but hmm. there's no denying a fact. A fact is a fact. Come on. We'll see about that. Who outlives the I'm not, uh, I'm not. I'm not against non-vegetarianism. I'm just trying to make it... I'm just trying to understand what he's saying. He's saying that uh, non-vegetarianism uh, contributes factor. to global warming. And right. that is true. So we should be kept in check. On that note, on on that note, Pojan, since you've mentioned global warming, uh, this is this is a very, very natural thing for me to ask. Uh, don't you think lockdown has a has had a positive impact on global warming? It has, it has, it definitely has. And a good example of this would be the pollution over China. So earlier, I mean, before COVID going worldwide before it was it started expanding crazy um the color of the air over china i mean representing the, with colors it was red and within a couple of months that is covid exploded in march and i would say summer um summer of 2020 the color changed from red to green which is an immense amount of co2 reduced and what we learned from this is that um, we don't require as many resources. I mean, assuming that uh, a lot of the goods are produced in China. So we don't need as many goods to survive. And we have testified it with the lockdowns. So I guess um, keeping the trend up, keeping this trend up will be of immense help to us in the coming future. Yeah. And that was a very a very open and wholesome talk. I mean, we touched the causes, the areas of improvement, as well as the probable solutions from our personal end, as well as from any organization's end. So if you were to ask me what is the takeaway from this episode, I would say that in order for any country and ultimately the world to develop sustainably, we individuals should do our part, like contribute in those um, small ways by doing the bare minimum, be it segregating the waste, the household waste, or switching down our automobiles at the signals. It all matters. I mean, these are the these are the things that create those small small differences. And yes, with that, let's wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you, Avinash and Poojan, as well as our listeners for tuning in. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on the iTunes podcast section as well as Spotify. If you have any comments and wish to contact us, please write up your emails to podcast at the rate pragyan.org. This is Trishla thanking you once again. Stay home and stay safe.